Welcome to another episode of Stitch Talks-ish. This is the third BTS one in a row. It's not the episode on Proof CD3, but rather on J-Hope's first album release, Jack in the Box, which he released um, about a week ago. And I am really excited to talk about this overall because it's a really great album. And I'm going to talk about it with my friend Lala, who you last heard from with the episode on the Permission to Dance in Seoul concert, um, which is which is very exciting. You know, please give it a listen if you want. Um, but yes, so we're going to talk about... Um, Hobie's release, about the responses from fans, about Korean hip-hop, recognizing the value of BTS, but also some um, issues with how now they're seeming to notice BTS when BTS has been around. Um, We're going to be critical, we're going to be positive, and we're probably going to make fun of Jay Park, but like just a little, maybe. We'll see. So if you're ready to dive right into everything, Hobie, let's get it. Yeah, Alright, so I'm very excited to have Lala with us again, and we are going to be talking about Jack in the Box, Hobie's freaking first album. Album. So, yeah. So let's start with the intro, because that's what you would start with when you listen to the CD. Take it away. Um, I love the intro. I thought the intro was so fun. It was so exciting the first time because I was like, oh my God, like he really, like we were all like, is it Pandora's box? And then Pandora's box was like a part of the track list. And I was like, oh my God, he knows, he knows. And then to like have it like so resoundingly confirmed with that intro. I don't know. I was just like, we'll probably talk about it more as we talk about it. But I was just like, dang, I know this, but it was so nice to know that. I was like, Hobie's so well read. (laughs) I absolutely felt the same way. So, like, when when we got the first, like, the promo stuff, and we saw the the um the box, and I I was like, I remember, like, I was in the group chat, and I was like, is this is this what I think it is? And I I am absolutely a Greek mythology gay, and so I was like, oh no, they're gonna give us they're gonna give us Pandora's box. And then we got literally Pandora's box for the next track. I, it's so it's just super fun. Like every time I listen to the album, I never skip the intro. <laughs> oh, never. I refuse. Um, like every time I listen to it, I'm just like, oh, this is so perfect. Like I can't imagine listening to the album without the intro because the intro really makes it. Same with uh we'll get to it but same with music box reflection like i'm not skipping anything literally music box reflection is like one of my favorite songs on the album (laughs) people talk talk about like a three-track run and i'm like honestly for music box reflection to safety zone is perfect it's so good i love hobie like what the hell the whole thing is so good usually like 
I have like songs on here that I don't listen to like as often. Like my brain will just forget about them when I'm not like when I'm making playlists because it's just like making musical associations. And then like sometimes the boys' projects are so large because they're like four minute songs. The album's like an hour and a half. Like it's got you know it's gonna take some time to get through it. This is perfect. It's almost too short. Like every single time I'm like, why is the greatest song I've ever heard two minutes? And why is it just ten? two-minute tracks that are the greatest songs I've ever heard. Like, it's almost cruel. They're so good. It's very compact. Like, Hobie put so much into into this, like, album. You're basically getting, like, you know, um, I don't want to say, like, a sample menu, because it's not a sample. You're getting, like, ten full-size meals. Like, you're getting a ten-course meal, and all the courses are full-sized. It's like when you go to those bougie restaurants. But better because those bougie restaurants like to give you tiny portions, and I don't like that. Yeah, these are like these are dense. These are calorie dense portions. How <laughs> you can tell that we're hungry? I am eating chips right now, audience. <laughs> I had a tiny taco right before we started recording from Seven Eleven. I know that's not a lot, but I'm I'm going to eat later. More. What? Don't worry yeah <laughs> okay so what else do you want to talk about with pandora's box okay pandora's box the song itself mm-hmm. okay so i was listening to i was before we started i was listening to and going through all the lyrics and hobie was talking about how he wants this to th- serve as like his musical business card and i think that's so evident in pandora's box not with just the fact that he's like jung to the whole you know jung to the him like not just because he's saying his name but like every that song is laden with so many references to bts to the things that he has read himself the way that he feels about music like the way that he's rep like so self-referential like i feel like out of all the songs that's his like that's his musical business card that's his like here's my authenticity credibility oh you're so right yeah like i'm looking at the lyrics now i have dual sets bangtan's uh website up that's where i usually go for lyrics in case anybody didn't go to dual set for lyrics that's an option (laughs) but yeah um I really love that. So Dual Set also puts like cultural context and like in case you didn't know when something, you know, like the reference to uh hip hop file, which is one of my favorite songs. Um period. Like I love BTS the most when they're super hip hop because this is who I am as a person. Um and so like so she'll make like notes like for for um there's a lyric that translates to like that. I finally submit my resume and Dulcet has the direct connection note underneath it about how this connects back to hip hop file. Like, and I, I love self-referential artists because it's clear that they're capable of looking back, you know, like their past work is so important to them and so integral to who they are as people that they're like, so if you thought we were done no we're not here i am again and it just feels really cool um also by the way really loved um i guess the chorus i loved that i don't know if that's the word for it the chorus Uh, i don't know if it's this i think it's this song and like it might be also um stop like there's definitely like very much like a new york grunge hip-hop element but this felt so west coast yes and like i couldn't and like 
Um, I can't remember what song it is, but I can like remember the melody, but it's like, oh my god. Let me not embarrass myself. Um if we figure it out, I'll send it to Stitch and they can tell you in the editor's note at the end. <laughs> <They're kidding. laughs> but it's so West Coast and like every time I hear it, I was just like, like, yeah, that's what I was talking about, like that authenticity, that credibility. Like you can hear so many um of the references that like influence them it's so clearly like it's not like sometimes they'll be like this is urban pop and you'll be like what the f- what is that this i'm like i'm hearing direct songs direct artists like coolio keeps coming to mind um oh absolutely i definitely one of the things is like i've been watching a lot of like 90s television and by the way coolio showed up on a lot of 90s television yeah but whenever that came, happened, I was like, you, you have to have his songs either in the background or as part of the plot. And so like listening, having that kind of fresh in my head as I listened to Jack in the Box, absolutely pinged references to Coolio. And I mean, that is just really cool. Like it's not just Hobie's past. It's also like hip hop past. That is honestly one of my favorite parts about this was like for myself how I make playlists is just like as the song is playing whatever songs it reminds me of are like the songs that go in the playlist and as soon as this came on I was just like "Ooh, I get to delve into a genre and a time period that I like don't get to listen to all the time and I immediately was like where's Nas where's Coolio where's Snoop Dogg like where's um a tribe called Quet like immediately was like yes I was like oh I can see the vision and I'm fucking with it it's just so cool. Like, I I hope that Hobie kind of, I hope that people recognize what Hobie is doing and what Hobie is saying about himself and his knowledge of hip hop. Like, I know everybody seems to think that it's just Namjoon and Yoongi that are well-versed on hip hop, but it's clear Hobie's here. Hobie is absolutely on a comparable level of hip-hop expertise and i also like i do want to shout out the fact that like when the references are super clear you can get that sense of care right like there are artists who do um referential music and you're like oh i i feel like i know where this beat is from like there is a jesse song that uses a busta rhymes beat and I don't think I ever heard her say, yeah, I sampled or my producer sampled this specific song or was trying to go for that. Like, I don't think she ever said, and this is where this came from, you know? I mean, it's the other day, well, not the other day, like, when we were like, who who are the K-pop rap girlies? Who are they emulating? And then it hit me because I was listening to um, TLC. I was like, oh, my God. It's Lisa Left Eye. <laughs> it's Left Eye. And it, then every single time I hear it, it's so clear. But obviously, none of them are going to say that. And then I think I learned that, like, I think it was SM, one of his girl, or YG, one of the girl group's rappers was, like, specifically supposed to emulate Left Eye. And then just- I think it was YG because I think we found out around the same time and we were like, what is this? Yes. But also, this explains everything. 
Yes, I think it is YG because they have more rap girls. And then we were just like, what is this sound? Like, who is this? And then I was listening to TLC and I was like, oh my God, it's her. It was li- exactly her. Like the cadence, the way that everything was supposed to play off of each other. And as much as I'm like, oh, because obviously it all roots back to the source, especially when K-pop is, for lack of a better word, derivative, um, <laughs> the way that it is. But I think I really respect the fact that, like, BTS and Hobie specifically in Jack in the Box is calling directly, emphatically, and purposefully to those genres, to those artists, and, like, drawing a line directly from him to them. Which is, like, very ballsy. And I can see why that's, like, very scary to do on, like, your first project. Especially when, like, again, when most people know the rappers of the group to exclude him. Which we saw in responses. Which we will get to later when we talk about critical and fan reaction. (laughs) Uh, Oh, so much to say there because there's just too much going on. Um, Okay, more. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So more literally, um, it threw me back to when I was a teenager listening to like alt hip hop. Um, it, it also made me kind of long for my emo days. (laughs) Like, I don't think they make trip pants anymore, but if they did, (laughs) I would buy a pair and wear it everywhere. Um, I thought it was great. So I think I watched that because like memes was with me for like a month, um, which is how she ended up deeply obsessed with TXT. So she she's she was here for all of the comeback stuff for for Jack in the Box because I was keeping her. And so we watched more together and she was like, I understand why you like this. This was literally made for you. But then she is a little baby who has a very narrow musical taste so she's like this is fine i just don't like it that much and then we'll get to this but arson that's hers that's hers i'm like vibrating at the speed of sound right now because i have so much to say about this song and how much i love hobie um but just okay from a critical standpoint before we gush this no, we're going to gush first. This is when, so when Map of the Soul Persona came out, before it came out, I was sitting with my sister Shaggy, and I was like, oh, I told her, I was like, it's going to be like the Jungian thing, they're going to talk about the shadow and then the ego, and like, and I was like, and I'm pretty sure that Yoongi is going to get that shadow period, and he's going to talk about that, and then Hobie will get the ego, And but I was like, but in my heart of hearts, I wish they would switch it, and look at God look at God (laughs) because that's what this feels like to me this feels like his interlude shadow moment where he is acknowledging kind of like the parts of himself that are not his persona or the parts of himself that he wishes were separate from himself and cannot separate from and it's so stinking cool like I was just like oh my god because especially because the next song is stop and the Korean title is there are no bad people in the world and this song is like Hobie going in on himself like he's just like he's like tearing at that persona like that's Jack coming out and I was like (laughs) 
because as soon as it started, like the chorus started, and I remember my jaw literally dropped. I was like, "We ain't never done this before." <laughs> I remember that. I think when the Coca Cola commercial, um, the song, I don't know if it's called "The Jungle," people were like. People were like, oh, we want Rockton. We desperately want Rockton. And we didn't get Rockton, which is fine. I'm patient. <laughs> but then we get more, and more is I mean, it's another another song where you can see the influence. Mm-hmm. And that and I mean, if we were to ask Hobie right now, like not only because I know that there are Korean rock bands, obviously. Um, but I know that there are producers that worked on this that were clearly aware of like 2007 to like 2012 emo music and the and the again the alt hip hop movement. Like I don't know if you remember there was a there was a thing where where they would do like uh rock meets hip-hop and it would be rock groups covering hip-hop songs i still have that cover of lollipop which i think is just really hilarious (laughs) it's so funny i love it um but it felt like that it felt it felt so throwback i'm i'm not young um i have listened to so much music and i think that's one of the things i really love like there's so much love about jack in the box but one of the things i really love is that it is very much an album where you're never lost. You are always aware, like, this is a look back. This is a look forward. This is musically positioned in some way. Yes. You know, like, and especially once you get the lyrics to the songs, you're sitting there, like, like kind of wishing you spoke Korean better. Um so you could understand it better um but you're also like oh oh i I agree with you because honestly i think when i first heard more when it first came out as a pre-release single i think comparatively to arson it was harder for me to get into out of context because like the korean translations on the music video i was like i could tell that i was missing stuff and i was so mad that i was missing stuff because i was like he is going in. He is really saying something. And like, I, I can feel that I was like missing pieces. And that's why I'm so grateful for the entire album because it adds so much needed context and it never feels like exposition. Everything feels perfectly positioned, perfectly foundational to each other, but also connecting to like other genres, other eras of BTS and other eras of hip hop in it itself and rock. Like it's so like bts is always connected to the side guys but like i feel like this is just like showing that on a top tier level and i don't know why i was like surprised because it's bts but it was still just like it's so much fun it is so much fun like um when i did the other the previous episode to this which is where i was talking about like hashtag the tough stuff i was trying to figure out like what songs to use and like what clips to use and so i had had more and i was like what is my favorite part of more and it is where he says eggy flows like you know i just love his voice period but there is something about it's uh what is it uh i think it's jumju nan aggie flow Mm -hmm. and there's something just like i heard it and i was like how is this so cute 
like how he delivers it i don't know i love his voice it's very kind of nasal at that part oh my god we haven't even talked about how hobie is over here switching flows (laughs) see i'm not uh what's that word i'm not as well versed in this so whenever people are like talking about the flows like i saw it all on twitter and i was like yes uh uh-huh 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 i can't talk about this because i'm bad at this but uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh i think that's like my favorite there was this video that came out um shout out mira m-e-r-a on um youtube even though i don't always agree with her musical opinions i still think she has such a cool perspective and one of my favorite videos that got her so much flack specifically from hobie solos was when she was talking about how each of the different members like write and approach music and she specifically was like talking about like the musicality that Hobie brings and like he is like he expresses music for expression's sake like obviously through this we can tell he cares about the production and the lyrics and like he has something to say but I ultimately think that the fact that he is a dancer gives his perspective on rap such a unique Hobian flavor and it's my favorite thing and I think that's where like the flows come in because it's just like his mouth is like dancing over the words and I think it's just like in everything that he does he will always be a dancer and that includes rapping and I think that's why it's so fun to hear the flow switch specifically from Hobie because I know it's always going to come because you the way that he interprets music is just like so cool and so different like you can tell that like he has taken a different approach to rapping than Yoongi and Namjoon um and I think I just like greatly appreciate that because it's not lesser than in any way it's different and it's so impressive in what it is in and of itself and right like I think it I think of um the whole of BTS as like strands in a braid right or like a lanyard right like each member is a different color. Like we've seen BTS talk about that, showing their different colors, right? And that's what it feels like. Like they're a beautiful strand. And then when together you have something like incredible to like listen to, everybody brings something super different. And that's the whole thing. Like um, I could be half asleep and I would know, like, if you played anything from BTS, I could be just knocked out and I would know, oh, okay, that, that's, that's, that's Hobie. Oh, oh and that's, oh, that's, that's Namjoon. Okay. Oh, that, that's a high note. That, that sounds like Jin, right? Like, you're able to connect instantly with their colors. Yeah. Right. And, I, and sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it's so great I love them that's really it I was gonna go back to gushing (laughs) I was like I think it's like so I feel like that's the most exciting thing because we can't talk about this and not talk about the hiatus uh hiatus in quotes (laughs) yeah um but we'll give it there I was like but you because I think that was the thing that I was just like ooh, and the way that they're going about it makes me even more ooh because it's like they are all such distinct people and they all bring that so cohesively to BTS TM the like as seven and like you can like see and like it's never like hindered like 
even though they work as a group, they always are like infusing themselves into their music and into the styles that they do personally for their solo songs on an album and into the group songs. Like they just have little like there's always like little bits and flavors of them and like their color. But it is so exciting to get just like Hobie's color, just (laughs) the one and just see it by itself and it's still just as beautiful as like the tapestry that bts creates with all of the colors and i think that is just the most exciting part like i'm like oh i can't wait i cannot wait (laughs) (laughs) oh your brain i love it all right let's talk about stop (laughs) which i love i love the that's we talked a little bit about that chorus um it's just so good Oh my god. And as you said, the Korean title means there are no bad people in the world, which uh, Dulcet notes is taken from a book of the same title by Won Jae-hoon, which contains a short story that views the world with pets and their owners switched. Oh, I want to I want to read that. That sounds incredible. Interesting. Or stressful, unsure. Unsure, actually. <laughs> um, I think, okay, again, I was like, the thing that I really like about Stop is this, when the album first came out, I think it was Nam June and Hobie were both like, you gotta listen to it from beginning to end, it's a story. And I was like, and it's about Pandora's box, and you're like, what is the story? But that is not the core story. The core story is about Hobie introducing himself and his worldview and, like, kind of where he's at right now. And, like, Again, context is so important because more is again this song that like he is going after himself. Like he's like uh he's like, I want more, I feel greedy, I don't have enough, I'm not being like I'm not solely being someone else's hope. I'm not solely making someone else's favorite song. I'm doing this for like me and what is I want and I want more. Um and then I think he's he feels a little conflicted about that. And then you get stop, which is kind of like, yeah, right. Literally the first line, right. There's this tricky thing when it comes to a friend of mine, conflicting values and personalities. Every day, our friendship is hit by a natural disaster. And I think he's like talking about like this relationship between his like shadow self and his like non-shadow self. And he admonishes himself to stop fighting himself. And I think that's really, again, reflected in the song that comes after this, which is just, like, complete acceptance and equal sign. But I was just like, this album, like, the storytelling in this album is top tier. (laughs) It is fully, like, you're being handed an autobiography. And we've seen this before, both with um, Yoongi with D2 and uh, Namjoon with Mono, where it's not just referential self-referential it's exposing like they're pulling back the curtain they're turning the pages they're telling you about themselves and you know i know that there are people who and i don't understand this but there are people who don't seem to conceptualize bts as people within the fandom not even talking about like anti-fans here but like literally there are army they call themselves army and you you have to pause and you go you know they're real men right like these are people they're not dolls because how they respond to vulnerability from bts is really weird well i think that can be reflected in the fact that like jay like i think of like two specific people but i'll just bring up 
J-Hope because we're talking about Jack in the Box and his, but like him talking about how he has, again, this joyful, hopeful persona and everybody reading persona as fake and not real. Yeah. And then when it was like, oh, Jack in the Box and more specifically were like darker. And again, this wrestling with that, everybody was like, I knew it. I knew it all along that he hated himself, that he hated who he had to pretend to be. And this has all been fake. And I, and I was just like, first of all, I don't know why you would want that. Um, (laughs) But two, this album is um, a great way to be like, no, I'm a multifaceted human being. Shocker. And I'm allowed to question myself because that's how I grow more into myself. And I was like, that's how you can have a Hobie who writes more, but also, but also writes ego. Those are the same person. Those both make sense next to each other from the same person. I can see the connection between that and that growth in that mindset. Yeah. Also, I have to complain. I remember when we started getting the the promo images. There was this thread about like Mang being oh like despair. And I was like, there is a lot to read into Mang, and I actually do suggest looking if you haven't at the BT twenty one stuff that BTS did, where they worked on Mang worked on the characters together and the evolution of mang there is really cool but it's also very much not about despair it's it's kind of about some of the vibes we get from equal sign so like to see somebody basically be like mang can be happy positive thing or just dark despair thing it's like but you wouldn't necessarily say this if you had consumed the content <laughs> and paid attention. And and that's one of the things that I found really interesting. It's not just baby, baby army, because I know a lot of baby army who are like, and so here I've read for eight hours about BTS. I have watched uh, 36 run episodes this weekend, you know, and they're doing the homework. There's But there's also like older fans who are like, so I'm going to go into this with vibes and my vibe is saying Hobie is secretly the most depressed, darkest person in <laughs> BTS. And it's like, you know, people are like onions. I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, but yeah, like people are like onions. One more time. Here, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying that people are like onions. That's the whole thing, right? Like, I know it's totally a Shrek thing. I'm pulling this from Shrek. But the point of a persona is to not to promote your best side, but to promote a side. You know, like I've seen people talk about like performativity and being a fake self. I'm like, no, that's that's not what this is. Like please tell me that you didn't get anything from intro persona look i have so- this is not what this podcast episode is about but if you ever want someone to just go through track by track of map of the soul persona and how it is one of if not the most perfect album like concept album ever i don't care fight your mom it is and it's beautiful and like and how so many people did not get it oh my god 
Well, maybe. I mean, I love doing BTS related episodes. I think they are the most consistent topic that I do because I love thinking and talking uh, through BTS. And I I think Persona was my first CD that I bought for BTS. That's how I ended up in Virginia because I needed a Namjoon photo card. And I got one. Period. So... Yeah, uh, I got my mans. But yes, okay, we got a smidge distracted. Um, but yeah, like this, this song is very human. Stop is incredibly human. It is very real. You know who else are humans? Gay people. And and Hobie said gay rights, okay? For equal sign. Oh, so we're going to talk about equal sign now? We're going to talk about equal sign right now. We're going to say, did you like that segue? So smooth. <laughs> I love it. Also, that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> For God's sake. Now, first of all, when the song first, just the title, I was like, this is for the gays. I was just, this is for the gays. <laughs> I was like, this is for the gays. Now, whether or not BTS are the gays, I don't, that's not my business. But the song itself, this is for the gays. And I didn't have to, and I was just from the title alone. And then the song itself came on and I was like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> the song is incredible it's so and it's such a washer watching- too because like we've been so, like we've been in such a i felt like equal sign was like hobie like hope world like when i heard i was like ah there it is like we've been so into this hip-hop sound uh this grungy sound uh this like alt 90 sound that i was just like oh period and then Equal sign comes in and like literally I could hear welcome to my whole boy. I could feel the vibe. And I was like, yes, this recon- <laughs> the reconciliation between Jack and J Hope has happened, and you can hear it in this song. It also throws back to one of the things that I really love about hip hop, like historically, has been its use as a messaging device for social justice issues. So that's not like this song doesn't tell you like go out and vote but it tells you i don't want to say something better but yes something better it tells you that we matter that we are equal that we deserve good treatment and that i don't know like just all that good shit like um i like i just love hobie i love hobie and i love the setup that this song creates between so equal sign music box reflection what if is so strong i was like if you wanted to know what i feel like this war between jack and j-hope looks like it's these three songs and it's done that way on purpose and i because <laughs> that's the track list right yeah. so like equal sign is like very much giving you hope world very j-hope and like he wants to be the hope. This is this beautiful song, this beautiful message. And then he puts reflection after. This is not just a message to other people, which is very easy. You know, this is not just some soapbox. This is like really something he's trying to internalize. Like, what does real hope look like? Uh, Ooh, okay. I love that. What does real hope look like? Somebody should give you awards, I think. <laughs> But he's like, what does real hope look like? And then you get music box reflection. And everybody thought it was creepy, but I did not think it was creepy. My first listen, I was like, ooh, I was so in love. It's still one of my favorite songs. 
I'm never skipping it. There's no skipping on this album. You would not skip the little musical interlude. It is important. And it also just sounds amazing. And like coming off equal sign, you can hear the kind of playfulness start to deteriorate and die down. It reminds me of when you listen to um No for the first time, that like that like super strong bass that comes in before the uh the like part where Namjoon's like, yeah, get up, that whole thing before they start the verses. It yeah. gives me like that same vibe where like you can tell that like, oh, I have taken this reflection to heart and what if? And then the bombasticness of that, like that is what if. And again, it's Jack just like now. What if? What if? What if? What if all the things that make me hopeful? What if all the things that make me J hope? Especially that part at the end. That's like he starts quoting the "No More Dream" lyrics back at him. What if all the things that make me who I am? What if all the things that make me J hope TM are not hopeful? Are not real hope? What can I do this shit? This literally what if is my favorite song. We can do a whole podcast. It's so incredible. So my feelings with what if, like number one, um, so I listened to Shimmy Shimmy uh kind of an obnoxious amount. <laughs> you know, like I I knew it existed, but like as like a hip hop fetus but i think they put it in luke cage the show and so that was like my reintroduction to it and i was like this is good shit this is incredible why am i not listening to this once a day at least and so um memes and i were sitting there uh doing our album listen and i was like memes i know the song <laughs> and she was like what 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 do you mean we just got it we just got it what do you know and i think like that made the beat made the song for me it immediately piqued my interest but then like you like you're pointing out like the the questioning the what ifs you know like it's super super awesome to me i also think like it has similar vibes to black swan Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of that like the artist questioning self the artist questioning their creativity and it speaks to stuff that we've heard bts talk about like to us like not just in the festa dinner but elsewhere just about like who they are how they're evolving as creators and trying to keep that sense of self ongoing yeah what you if know? i have no vision like that's the, like the fact that i think the first chorus leaves off with that that's such a strong sentiment that's so specific um like that's so different than what if i don't love this anymore what if i don't have any passion what if i have no vision is so future focused and so like careful and considerate and I was like, like I like the first time I heard it, and I I didn't expect. I was like, wait, every what if? I was like, oh, what if I have no hope? That makes sense. What if I have no this? What if I have? I was like, okay, okay. What if I have no dream? And then he goes, what if I have no vision? I was like, oh my god, <laughs> because again, equal sign is right there. That's the ultimate vision, I think, for Hobie is to be that hope in the world and to encourage that. But if he's reflecting and he doesn't feel like he's reflecting that because the greed of more is still 
persisting and he feels unsatisfied and he's having this interlude shadow black swan moment what what if i have no vision what what am i gonna do can i do this shit honestly this is so, so good. like one of the things i'm looking forward to um it's because i haven't read a lot of the reviews yet because i wanted to do this before i read other people's reviews of the album um because i didn't want that to color um my stuff so like so i largely have just been like speed reading <laughs> when when an interview comes up i'm like oh, zoom, 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 zoom. um but i want to see if people kind of catch the stuff that we're catching and i'm sure they do army is very smart obviously um but i want to see if people catch that you know the the battle that hobie is kind of laid out here yeah i think this sec is this the second verse okay so this second verse where he says dang i'm just gonna read this whole thing it looks like you're living a comfortable life these days being all fancied up challenges and trials what would they even mean to you because you've only climbed stairs that are intact and sturdy it's fair that you might not know what they mean in reality you have it all now Money, fame, wealth, and the following of people who like you. Love yourself and have hope, in quotes. Even if you had all those things taken from you and found yourself at rock bottom, would you still be able to say such words? And then in the background, I wish. Yeah. That's so heavy. (laughs) That's so vulnerable and raw. Like, there was this thread and it was like, you know, you quote it and you give your opinions and it's like this song versus this song. But one of the questions was like, what is one word you would use to describe Jack in the Box? And I said raw. And it was because of lines like this. Like, that is like one way to be reflective. Way to like really sit there and like sit with yourself and like the privileges and like the position that you've earned as a person and question yourself. And that I wish that it's so quiet in the background of the song is so small and so vulnerable and so like i i'm so honored that hobie shared that with us because even though it's two seconds like one second you take it out it means so much it has such a big impact and i feel like that's like how this whole album feels like there's so many small nuggets and i think that's what it is in the reviews like yeah i want them to catch just like how many like small moments like take my breath away throughout this entire album and like how much we get to know Hobie and like who he is and what he values through this album. Yeah. Like it's fully like appeal the flashback thing. Like this is here's who I am underneath the surface. But the surface is like literally skin. It is like look to the heart of me. And I I can't get enough of this. Like I like once we're done, like once we're done recording and talking, I'm literally going to listen to it again mm-hmm. because this album is just like you, I think, are like the same age. I feel like you're 94. You're the same I don't age. Know why. All right. Yeah. So, and <laughs> I'm older. <laughs> so, um, so you, you always get the sense that BTS are really some guys. Mm-hmm right like i i don't forget that these are some dudes that like yes they're rich yes i'm one day gonna run a heist and get a fifty thousand dollar watch whatever (laughs) um 
whatever. But there are also some guys. They are artists. They struggle. They are so relatable. Like we have been getting that more and more. Like they've always been relatable. They've been increasingly vulnerable though. I think the thing that was like so amazing and it's like, yeah, I think because Hobie and I are the same age, I think that's why I also take this album specifically to heart because I just like, I feel like, what if it's my favorite song? Because I feel this song so, 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 so much. Like, do not get emotional right now. Uh, <laughs> like, I was just like, and I think I, I wholly respect that BTS normalized that it's okay to be going through some shit. That it's okay to be like, you wanted to be here. You worked hard to get here. And you're like, I think of like Sugar's interlude where he's like, um, I've been trying all my life to get to this point. But what if I'm tired of it? What if I can't separate the having it all and giving it up? And I feel like that's really conducive to like BTS in this journey where like, and Black Swan, where you're talking about like your first death is like losing the love of it because you love it so much. And yeah. I think that's such an adult thing. I have thing. goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such an adult to- like way to look at grow- growing up. Like, yet to come. As soon as I heard the title of the song, we hadn't even heard the song yet. I was like, BTS always know. They always know that I'm like, what am I about to do? What am I doing with my life? And I'm almost there. BTS are right there. <laughs> they're right there they're always like we're running beside you and i'm like you're bts you're not running beside me and then they're like no dude i'm there's some guys <laughs> there's some it's so great like like I, i'm not saying that other idols don't have that relationship with their fans because i i don't know other idols right. like that um i don't anymore <laughs> but i will say that it's very hard for me to divorce bts from their some dudeness and it's because of songs like what if or hansu for um for yungi or for me tokyo um because like tokyo like had a grip on me that left me like going through it but like it's those songs where they're like and so i'm going through things as well in case you didn't know. I think it was like, it was, first of all, another artist that I think does this really well and has worked with BTS is IU. She's very much talking about like this process of like growing up um, in all her. Sorry, you mentioned my queen. <laughs> and eight with sugar about, I just, I'm 28. Hobie and I are both 28. And I was like, this is the 28 vibe. This is what it is to be 28. That's what I've surmised. This is, and, but again, that's so refreshing because you, You've never been 28 before and you're only going to be 28 once. And so you don't know what to expect and you don't know what it's going to be like. And it's so nice to have BTS and there's members that are the same age as you, members that are older than you. Uh, <laughs> not in my case. Uh, yeah, not in your case. <laughs> Flex. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, just to be unhinged. If I spoke better Korean and I was speaking Korean to BTS, they would all have to call me new. Yeah, don't so. do that. We go delete. We gotta go. We go edit this out. We go. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> not cringe. Cringe is core to my existence. I am not and affiliated with this comment. Right. 
Lala has disavowed. Please, if you must bully anyone for this, bully me. Thank you. Um, My DMs are gone. But I do do think it's funny. I do think it's funny. Um, This is also what I went through with Sleek because um, I'm older than Sleek. But anyways, but I was like, I was like, oh, this, I think it was like, I had Sugar's interlude. um, And then later on, Eight came out and Ayu and Sugar are talking about like, and he like write that song and produce it. And he's like, am I happy now? Am I finally happy now? And you're like, yeah, because you're 28 and everybody's like, you're an adult and you worked hard and you have some things and you're proud of those things, but it's also not, it's still not easy. Um, And you still have doubts and you feel like those doubts are for youth. And are you young anymore? And I think that's, and then I love this album from Jack in the Box because it's a whole album kind of exploring that feeling. And I think the best thing yeah. about BTS is like they always come at their music from a place of healing. <laughs> like they're going to talk about the topic once they personally dealt with the topic. Uh, and that gives me so much encouragement as their fan to be like, there's an other side. <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, not remember, but earlier today I saw a tweet um, that was like, I want companies to start debuting 20 to 25-year-olds because what does that 15-year-old know about divorce, right? Like, Uh it was an exaggeration. But yeah, no, I mean, I watched Queendom, and my favorite thing about Queendom is the camaraderie because there's so many different idols from different ages there's always the most senior idol who's usually a soloist because they've been in a group and now they're a soloist so they've been in the game for a long time but like this most current season had brave girls and luna and hoylin um, on it and the thing that was so beautiful about that is like luna is in this very unique position where they're like kind of really famous but kind of not and they like kind of struggle with like their placement and they got to talk to brave girls who definitely feel that and are on this huge come up and have been in the industry for a hot minute and have been at the bottom and like what that's like for them. And then when they're struggling, they had Hyolin, who is mother, mm. uh, <laughs> who is mother. And she's been in the, she's been in the industry for like a decade. And also Taeyeon from SNSD was there. And it was so nice to have this sense of grounding and see how important it was for these younger idols and these rookies to have these women, grown women who know this industry as well as them and have been in the game for a hot minute. And every single time they have these type of interactions, you realize how powerful it is, not only for these rookies, but also for the older idols to be able to be recognized for their work because it's a, it's, it feels kind of, I think they feel kind of thankless because being an idol is not easy, even if you chose to do it and you trained for it forever. I think it's nice to be acknowledged that like you are a musician and you are an artist and your art makes impact. And I think yeah, that is like the most important thing about like the fact that BTS is still here. Right. Like they are, they're still here. They are still making this music that speaks to humanity like what it means to be a person who you know like i know that there are people who are like oh well rich people don't have problems and i'm like actually rich people have a ridiculous amount of problems it's why many of them are really weird but beyond that money doesn't cure burnout it doesn't cure depression it doesn't make you 
uh, look at the world any other way besides, oh, I don't have to get dollar menu lunch. That's the real big change, how you eat, (laughs) what you wear. It doesn't fix your brain. It doesn't make your workload less. And so BTS is still clearly capable of going, hey, here's where we relate back to you. Here's what here's what moves us like i thought this through uh d2 um that it's it's clear that bts is constantly negotiating with who they are now versus who they were and trying to always be in conversation and in relation to army and they're succeeding yeah i think it was um again the vulnerability the honesty is so surprising and so refreshing and i don't know if this is an actual lyric that yungi says or just like how i felt from this sentiment was he's talking he's talking again in interlude shadow and he's talking about how like they're the top and they're number one like how being the top means being number one and how being number one means no one else is around you and how that is so lonely and the reason why it's so lonely is because unprecedented means there's so many stakes if you fail um there's so much like the like they're talking about like um they don't want to have a fall they want to lock they want to land softly and like what does that mean and i think that's the wrestling is like you want to be successful you want to do more you have to do like um hobie says in more like my work makes me breathe so i want more (laughs) And, like, I think he means that, like, oh, it invigorates me, but also this is what pays my bills. (laughs) And so, like, and what does that tension look like as a regular some dude? Absolutely. This is, like, super relevant because the next song, I think, is Safety Zone. (laughs) And that is just... All of the songs are incredibly vulnerable, but this... This is so... Like this song is beautiful. This song is probably one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. The way that I love Equal Sign, but I think the way that people are going up for Equals um uh, Equal Sign is how I feel about Safety Zone. The first time this came on, I I was just I was literally floored. That's how I felt. <laughs> I felt floored. Like yeah, it's so vulnerable and like that was even before having read the lyrics. And then reading the lyrics, I was like, "Wow." Oh, yeah, the lyrics. Reading the lyrics makes me want to, like, show up at wherever Hobie is and just, like, give him some cake. And what? Like, he's just so... This whole... I'm, like, we're, like, talking about... So I'm, like, reading this whole first verse, and I'm just like, bruh. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and contrary to those moments, I feel lonely. It hurts. I I probably have no allies my life is my in and it's becoming the enemy (sighs) like what the hell hobie why don't i have it where do i go to find it if you (laughs) like if you look closely even video games have safety zones okay just stomp your feet meaninglessly this is a tin can porch because before he's talking about being a car and unregulated traffic and how dangerous that is and he's just like i just want some rest where is my rest? I'm like, look, I was like, do you want a hug? 
also same like i'm just like hobie hobie no hobie i live in florida come find me <laughs> i'll come to you i can't i don't have my passport yet but like if you want to fast track my passport u.s government so i can go hang out with hobie you could this is u.s government hobie phobic u.s government <laughs> like one of the things that has been really great over the years that I've been into BTS and like, did you notice that like apparently like over half the fandom is like post 2020, like yeah, 2020. Is, I, I don't know if that statistic is right, but that statistic is terrifying if true. <laughs> well, so it's not just on the army survey on Twitter. It's also when Reddit has done the Reddit, the army uh, Bangtan subreddit has done their um, thing the newer people are outpacing the older people and i mean hashtag new blood but also like interesting in just approaches because like like we weren't here for some of the stuff mm-hmm. the bts went through mm-hmm. you know and so there's stuff we're catching up to and now we have people who are catching up with us where we started and that includes you know seeing this evolving willingness to be this kind of open and i think because you know the patriarchy everywhere is it grants men certain powers but robs them of certain experiences Mm -hmm. that hobie on on safety zone i mean all of jack in the box but like with safety zone it is like expressing like even to his family he can't let it all out you know he can't express himself fully he is it's it's an anxious song it is an anxious song and he's sharing it because he feels safe i think i think wasn't it there was somebody that was like army is his safety zone yeah he said it he said it but like like realizing it because i guess watching army realize it as they did their their uh did their listens and you know we got the lyric translations and they were like and the interview i think that was in the first interview mm-hmm. not the rolling stone one but the video interview mm-hmm. like i love him i think okay so back so when the hiatus was first announced and everybody was talking about it. They were talking. The thing that I remember happening on more than one occasion was everybody saying, Hobie came and talked to us about the fact that, like, we need this break. I want to take this break or I want to do this this kind of specific way. And I was like, now at the time I was terrified because I was like, Hobie, do you not want to be here anymore? Um, and then people were like, oh, more is coming out and it's this dark thing. And he hate. And like, I was just I think I was so worried <laughs> that he hated it. Because personally, and I think a lot of armies will say this, that like our safety zone is BTS. And the thing that I realized throughout the pandemic and with that conversation and with this song is that like that relationship, though parasocial, is reciprocal. Um, and I think it's illuminated by this anxiety that Hobie is talking about here because if I miss BTS, I can turn on safety zone and be reassured by BTS and their words. BTS don't necessarily have that same 
soulless and right like i mean in theory in theory they could go on youtube yes or they could listen to my podcast <laughs> or you know, where you enjoy all in, your podcasts. yeah like in theory army is accessible but it's different because they are creating their content going this is for army but so are we yes. <laughs> so who's making content that is like this is for bts so they know that we're here you know i guess that would be like the the hashtags I that think, we try and i think that's my favorite thing when i'm talking about and like all of my papers and things, the army mission statement. I think that's the thing that I find the most beautiful about our fandom is that we are going ham and all of the physical metrics that we can, because we know that our relationship with them is limited. And we're like, thank you for this gift. You made this for me. And so I want to show up and show out that I love this thing that you made for me. So when you go, should I keep doing this? What is it good? Do they even want it? They know without a doubt that we are here. And I think right, like the your response so is a yell. It is, it is a shout back. Hell yes! Like, because we've had this happen repeatedly. Like, we get BTS going. Well, I wasn't sure this would work. You know, Namjoon is especially super vulnerable. Like, at some point, I will feel okay to talk about his live on the Weverse V Live hybrid thing because, like, I, I'm like, sir, I'm gonna <laughs> get my do passport that off stream so we can get our thoughts together, and you won't hear us ugly sob as people who are Namjoon biased. <laughs> <laughs> That's my long boy, uh, long man. He is a man anyway but yeah that like that anxiety over who you're around where you're going who can you talk to like and I think that hobie is sharing it is just so incredible and i think the thing one i'm so grateful because i think we've heard hobie say multiple times that like or bts say multiple times like i never want to show you a negative side i never and we are like we want all of your sides and i think this is so i'm so happy like that he's been he trusts us enough to listen to us when we say that and we are doing our darndest to respect the momentousness of this song and this album and like what it represents to verbalize those anxieties and that side of himself that he would otherwise be not so keen to show. Absolutely. Okay. So our second to last song is future and shout out to the project manager who organized the tracks because like literally perfect progression. Yes. Yes. Uh, This is incredible. Literally. I love track listing, which is why you keep hearing me talk about like a song before or like, the three songs together because like yes track listing is like my favorite thing it's a it's a lost art (laughs) um and bts really appreciate it and really 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 put like you can tell that they care and i think that's my favorite thing like if you're gonna you talk about like what's your favorite three track run and i that says something about like the intentionality behind bts's music because you really can just throw the songs on there and people really do just listen to music on shuffle but they 
adamantly ask us, hey, listen to this in order, because I specifically want this to be experienced this way. And you're never like disappointed. Like, right. it, it is always like, it's always so good. So yes, whoever in charge of the mix and the track listing, kudos to you. Kudos to and you. I think that because we were talking about real hope, future is that mm-hmm. it is the it is what it, is, it says in the label. It's the future. It's looking forward. It is this really insightful, positive, but like positive in like a self aware way, right? Like it's not like oh, I'm gonna be happy now. It is like I'm gonna keep doing my thing because it's worth it it's 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 valuable to me it's this it's it's just this is a song that's about moving forward but actively not yeah this is again where i'm like this is how you can have the same man make more an ego because this is more in that line i think this what verse was this we like to cite our sources in this house um I think it's his first verse where he's like thankful for the it feels like me thankful for the life given to me it feels like me right now I feel the most right the most like me like me I always become the subject of my fights with myself in the end my mind is covered with bruises try on like how I wear different clothes like the way I like to drive I let life take its course like what a beautiful sentiment to come to i'm covered in bruises the fights have happened with myself but i am allowed to be both of those things and let both of those things run their course as i go through life like what a beautiful non-toxic positivity way to look at going forward in life he's just so brilliant ah okay so we now have our last song before we then talk about like a bunch of other stuff related to uh Jack in the Box. Before we get so real gossipy at- and less academic y. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, arson. This is this 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 um um this this song is so sexy. <laughs> Sexy. It sounds sexy. I was like, Jung Ho suck. What is this? Now, more again, I didn't have the context. Arson, I had the context, and it made it that much better. And it's so like I was like, what a nice way to have Jack still have like a resounding conclusion because it's Jack in the box. It's Jack's album. Um and not be this kind of like dour thing. This is like, yeah, he's just like he calls us like his what is it? I like even this because with my fans, with my labels, with my fellas, we burn up together all day. A reasonable accomplice. Arsonist was fun. There's nothing to be afraid of. An inch ahead. Fuck off. He was like, I'm going into that traffic. I'm going into that future. I'm not alone. We are accomplices in this kind of experience together. Like I, the whole thing. Like, I was just like, this is amazing. This, I was like to watch someone self-actualization. <laughs> it's so cool. I was like, what the heck? I want to be this cool. <laughs> he is incredibly cool. I I thought so before, and I still think it. I think that Hobie is one of the coolest people mm-hmm. on this planet. Like, 
I don't I, I just love him. He's just very um he's very fun. He is always moving forward. And I love by the way, I love that he got to say fuck off. He like fuck off, he got to say shit. I was like, who are we? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> when I first started listening to BTS, my mom was like, Well, uh, how do you know what they're saying and i was like well there are there are translations but she was like but what if they're cursing and then like i played something i don't remember what it was but there was cursing in english she was like oh and i was like ma'am you say those words <laughs> why are you startled and because she, i think i told you this like she'd been watching bts on like on the award shows here or the late night shows before I got into BTS, she basically was like, Oh, so these are just babies, right? Like, cause she's an elderly woman. Of course they are babies to her. Cause she is in her seventies. <laughs> but she was, Just don't put her age out there. Yeah. She's not in her seventies. She's a young spry woman. She is. Who, we love you. Mama stitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. She doesn't listen to my podcast because she'd lift and throw me (laughs) but yeah like it's not that profanity is a sign of adulthood but it is incredibly freeing um a tool of expression Mm -hmm. i curse a lot i curse often um i curse too much yeah i curse um an unreasonable amount because it it is very helpful for me and how i want to express myself like i know i've had people be like oh my god that's curse is too much and i'm like well you have not heard me in conversation then you would be like person so cursing you know those sentence enhancers i need those right it's like it's spice it's spice and so i really loved it i loved that usage um I also love like just the the imagery, the, the way that the music works with the video. I was just about to be like the video, the video for more the video techniques that Hobie is using are we don't see videos like that anymore. Okay, we don't like the videos themselves are also reminiscent of the nineties, early two thousand times where these videos had budget. Okay, <laughs> and the fact that like that he. The storytelling visually is just as compelling as the storytelling, like, um, musically is so, so good. So cool. Um, talking about you earlier, we're like, we get to the heart of Hobie and we literally in more get into his heart and it's this charred ruined place. Um, right. Like we get, we get literally internal views of Hobie and the music videos for for more and arson we get the skeleton with the x-ray and more and we get the well his heart <laughs> we get we get to see inside hobie and i think that's not i think i know it is entirely on purpose like that we're making these references to seeing inside of hobie yeah no it's super intentional um they had to tell us that hobie has bones i still don't believe it um <laughs> those bones were cgi um but they were they were we know that you have no bones you won't trick me sir but for (laughs) arson then to bring the motif back around we see the flames jack consuming j-hope and arson this wreck is like it's still jack this burnt through j-hope and how that 
has burned up again these cars because he brings up this car metaphor so many travel metaphors um in hobie's music but these burnt out cars this burnt out house this burnt out body laying amongst arson he calls us his accomplices in this process of self-actualization because safety zone and future were right before this and like seeing all of that in the video along with other people running around on fire. Yeah. Like, this... There's levels. <laughs> this isn't no regular... <laughs> they got cameras in different areas. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's literally the perfect track to close the album out on because it's just... I don't, I, like I just I keep just saying it's perfect. It's perfect. Like I I have Honestly, no notes. Album. It is. It is. It got that five out of five stars from whomever because it's perfect. Yeah. Um. God. Okay. So we have we're gonna talk about our overall like we love this, which is kind of obvious at the end of our all of this. So next we're gonna get into uh, gossip, folks. Okay, we are get going to gossip. To- so I'm gonna open my wine because now it's time to be messy. So. <laughs> I will not be opening so my wine. Edit all of this, or if you want to open your wine right now, <laughs> I will. Um, I will open my Perrier. So one of the coolest things about Hobie and Jack in the Box was that we were we got news of a pre-release party. We didn't see so news. The- we got photos. I woke up at five yes, in the morning, yeah. and PH One had dropped a picture with Hobie, and I thought I died. <laughs> so yeah so um i think the first person we knew was kind of going to this or linking up with hobie was shike who you may know from wet the bed which i will never let him forget i don't know who that what? is and i don't know what that is it's a song called wet the bed i like it I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't tell you what it's about because in theory this is a safer work podcast. I can which is why I'm uncomfy. He, mm-hmm, it's a it is uncomfy. Uh, it, it is. Um so he posted on his stories um the photo of the Jack in the Box CD and I think the party invite which was the the music box. Um and like people got mad at him and I think he deleted it. Yes. I was the time thinking, I woke up it was deleted. Funny. I wasn't that's funny. Um, it wasn't technically a leak. It was probably like premature posting. Like I think of leaks as purposeful, but I guess people don't always agree with me, which is fine. Super fine. Um, but yeah, so the the party photos started rolling out. We and we got more of them with the W Korea um photo because it, it's clear that this was part of the album rollout. That W Korea was there. Um to photograph all of the celebrities so um i feel like everybody but dean was there but if dean was there then everybody would have been there yeah like, they got zion t i zion i love t, that tiger jk uh zico i was like what Kang. <laughs> okay i i was very pleased because there is some trajectory with like trajectory and history with big bang and seeing Taeyang there feels like an acknowledgement like oh, okay yes these like 
for him, I don't mind thinking of it as an acknowledgement just because it's like he is literally their senior. All of the rappers are not BTS's senior because they made it so they wouldn't be their seniors. Like, if that makes sense, like literally Big Bang and Tang were idols first and they at least were on the same stage. With a lot of the rappers that I was seeing, because you know I watch Show Me the Money, Mm -hmm. a lot of these rappers still are like, I don't listen to idol rappers except for G-Dragon. And I'm like, what G-Dragon music are you listening to? Like, where's the secret G-Dragon music you're listening to in 2020? (laughs) You know? And and this was like in the context of Changbin from Stray Kids. They were like clowning him. And I'm like, I am not the biggest Stray Kids fan, but Changbin is better than literally all of you in this room on this episode. And it was just like... I, as the note, the literal note here is that I wanted to talk about like the way that we're seeing a public engagement between K hip hop and BTS because K hip hop has historically been unwelcoming to BTS from Be Free days. Now, so two things. Before we started this section, we took a snack break. um, And by snack break, I mean we opened our alcohol. and Stitch was like, "Oh hey, don't 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 get me came for." <laughs> okay, but we can come for B Free. What is he gonna do? Oh, fuck B Free! <laughs> B Free, if you ever listen to this, it's on site. Just like how Ben PD showed up at your house. <laughs> I can't cuss at you because I was told not to do that. But you can from the back, okay? <laughs> oh my god! I mean it. But yeah, like. Yeah, so I don't want to be came, come, whatever. <laughs> don't beat me up if you listen to this and you dislike it. Now, the second thing I was going to say is I, when I first got into K-pop was via my sister, Shaky, who I mentioned earlier, because like she listens to all the music in the K-realm. And I was like, okay, and she was just, she was giving me a sampler. And so she was like, because I was very staunchly no boy band. Everybody laugh. Um, when we, <laughs> when I first started, and she was like, "Okay, here's some K hip hop and R and B because that's like where most of the soloists were." And I was off my baby feminist, which was like really bad in 2015, which is why I initially didn't stand BTS because that was still when they um were as the kids say problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like warp hormone now. I did not like it back then. Uh, if if that gives you like how my stances were but anyways even still I watched some of the K-hip-hop stuff and I don't think I'm super I'm not as well versed in just traditional hip-hop I know it and I've grown up with it and I love it and I appreciate it and it's history and it's really fascinating to me but it's not always a musical lens I can jump into because it does talk about very specific um socioeconomic standpoints that myself I've never come from so I felt wrong to associate myself with that being said the audacity from k-hip-hop has forever let me seal in my own credibility as a black person because the way 
that the music that I was listening to and have therefore been exposed to via my sister and now Stitch because Stitch is heavily involved in K hip hop. I, 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 she's like, I, they're like, oh, I like this um, acknowledgement. And I'm like, mm, I can do without it. Right. Like, I, and, okay, so well, I, I was obsessed with Taeyang because everybody he, was. Though. Everybody, I mean, Jimin. Oh god, I get it. Okay. The cosplay of Morion was cosplay of Morioning. I get it. Yes. I get it. I see it. Uh, I see it. But yeah, so like in terms of acknowledgement, like his specifically Tang's uh, as that that's when I'm like, ah. But I will say that watching people who have been silent on everything you know the main platforms that you know we communicate they communicate with their fans on like instagram or v lives you know they're all there and they're all like around bts it's like i know that there are people who are like like because like yay you have more people to work with like namjoon i think mentioned that like we have more people that we might be able to work with and it's like okay but why didn't you have those people before because they suck yes and i'm gonna i so in this conversation stitch is gonna come at this from like a k-hip-hop connoisseur i will not be coming from that standpoint because this is not who i am i will be coming from that standpoint like the true jaded army that i am um and i say that because i feel like i should put all my tables on the cards wait nope all my cards on the table <laughs> there you go that's not even a goal that's a dyslexia uh, <laughs> i should do that whatever order it's supposed to go in because i it give it colors my context of how this works now the musical business card that is pandora's box i see it's important to hobie and his connection to hip-hop in a greater purpose. But I think it's funny how it's also supposed to be this connection to this genre that has historically shunned him and his members, and especially the rap line, outright. And I yeah. And so when the Army conversation came around about, like, how do we navigate... The fact that Hobie wants these people here, but we don't fuck with these people. I was like, I get it. I wasn't going as hard as everyone else, but I am also in the camp of, I get it. Um, and I think, again, it comes down to, I know a thing we're going to talk about is authenticity and credibility. And how BTS build up that authenticity authenticity and credibility versus how, and I'm generalizing, how <laughs> this genre of K-hip-hop builds that and k k rap specifically builds that credibility i love that we're being very careful to make it clear that we don't have beef with the k r b people no <laughs> we're like the rappers though the R&B. rappers and and look y'all are very pretty over there it's very cute i put your little playlist on at work i like it i don't know everybody and, but i like it k hip-hop rap I, we can fight i think that in terms of authenticity the KRMB people are not chasing it as hard, mm. right? So they're not trying to be taken seriously because they don't have to be. They are already. Mm-hmm. It's not a quest. But the problem is, is that 
that you have to embody um and i think that's where we start to see trouble because r&b is a singing vocal style if you can sing it you can realistically do the genre that's not how k-hip-hop and rap that's not how hip-hop and And that's not how k-hip-hop and rap has to function and so there's very much a very precarious line that often gets treaded in a race. Yeah. You know, watching, you know, seeing the clips on Instagram stories and then the photos from from W um magazine and that other you know, they posted on on the internet. I was like, I love this for Hobie, but I also have been watching some of these artists, you know, even if not specifically watching them in their own context of Korean hip hop and how they understand idol music is that they think that if you are in an idol group, you are automatically inauthentic to hip hop. And it's like, well, first of all, that's not how that works because there are rock bands in K-pop. Like, what is it? Extraordinary Heroes, Day 6. Those are literally rock bands so hip-hop is integral to a lot of k-pop but it is actually not the backbone like the way that the rappers are trying to be like well k-pop means automatically you suck at rap I think that's okay awful. but brah i can hear y'all rap i can see it i, I can watch it I, little... I don't think it has to do with skills i don't think it has okay we were talking about how hobie is showing that he has a foundation um because hip-hop is based on foundations you're rapping from these beats and these beats when hip hop was created were like other songs. That's why sampling is so big in hip hop, right? Yeah. It's foundation. It's very foundational. K hip hop and rap typically flouts away from that foundation. It's like, this sounds like the thing, but they're not sampling the thing. Like, Oh, this gets into, sorry. I'm so sorry. I was thinking of the a couple years ago. There was a Playboy Cardi song. And I don't remember the actual song, but a K rapper jacked the whole beat, and it went viral on like quote unquote Black Twitter for like a couple of days because it was like this was not a credited sample. Mm-hmm. It was plagiarism, and it's definitely really interesting, especially at a time when you're seeing Korean celebrities get punished for plagiarism. Now, this is. Okay, this is a thing that I thought was interesting, and I want to know your thoughts on. And um, please don't jump me, <laughs> everyone listening, because Hobie did this too. And this is a, I think this is like a Korean music industry problem, and it's like a thing that bothers me because I don't understand it. Not that I necessarily think it's wrong or if anyone's doing anything wrong, but I do think it's weird. So in the interviews Hobie has had, we are citing specific musicians, specific genres, specific eras. Um, and when they ask Hobie, he kind of sidesteps it in a way that's like, oh, like he doesn't want to say specifically like, this is this, this is this, this is this. Um, and like, he will acknowledge it. I won't say that it doesn't happen at all. But I have noticed that, and I think that's like a wider problem. And it goes back to me being like, "Oh, this who, these rap these female rappers sound like TLC," but no one will ever acknowledge the fact that they're sounding like TLC. And then K hip hop and K rap not having that foundation to be like, "This is where this is sampled from. This is where we get this." And I think that's like so weird. And like 
I don't understand so, this like predisposition to not cite our inspirations when they're so obviously there. So uh, thinking about that, right? So one of the things that one of the people that was at Hobie's, I think at the party, or he just shouted out the album was Geiko, G-A-E-K-O of Dynamic Duo. who there was somebody like, from Dynamic Duo was at the party. Foundational to Korean hip hop, right? Um, super foundational to that development of Korean hip hop. And so the thing is that his foundation is directly like african-american hip-hop mm-hmm. he learned to rap probably like with the with the chat rooms and like little clubs but everyone after him is building off of him mm-hmm. or building off of tiger jk mm-hmm. or building off of the quiet so their foundation isn't the rock of african-american hip-hop their actual foundation is the Korean artists that came before them, which is why they do talk about the Korean artists that came before them. And it's not bad to reference those artists, but it doesn't always, you don't always get like, or you rarely get like a direct. So I love listening to blank American artists. And so when I was doing my album, I wanted to put some of that sound in. You know, like there was something that Queen Wasabi did, and I do not remember, but the references in that song are super obvious. Whatever it is, I was listening to it and I was like, I know where this is from. Queen Wasabi kind of speaks English. She's done interviews, you know, and she was talking to Jesse for one of the interviews. So she could have spoken to Jesse about it. At no point did I hear her go, like, hey, for my song. That's where I got it from. But it also reminds me when Doja Cat had, was it Juicy? Mm-hmm. She went on Genius uh, to like talk about her lyrics. I think it was Genius. And she didn't know who Belle Biv DeVoe was. Oh. You know? The and- Gemini and a Big Butt comment? You didn't know who that came from? Yeah. That's what she said. Okay. Uh huh. And so maybe it's also age. I don't know how old Doja Cat is. I, I don't really care. I don't know. I feel a lot of people are faking their ages, but there's no time to get into my conspiracy theory about how old celebrities really are <laughs> because that's unhinged. Oh, because <laughs> we're so very hinged here. Yes, we are like 80% hinged. All right. So one of the things that we saw from K hip hop fans in both English and in Korean. Oh I went under God. the hip hop playa. Uh, I went under the hip hop playa announcement for of the party, and that, by the way, was their only coverage of Jack in the Box that I've seen so far. Was all of these people we like are at this party? I didn't see any engagement with his actual release, but all of these fans were like of K hip hop were like BTS is only doing this for clout. They're trying to get our artists to work with them, and I'm like. I don't think you understand which way the fame goes. Yes. In this equation. Uh, like, I. Okay. So here's how my timeline of this whole conversation went, right? I never saw when the person that you were saying got the initial, like, Jack in the Box promo merch thing. 
I never saw that post. So what I woke up to was pe- English speaking K hip hop fans um, being like, oh, if BTS want to, I hadn't known any actual engagement happened because this is the day before the party. If BTS want to engage at all in this new era with K hip hop, they're chasing clout. They're chasing authenticity. They're chasing credibility. They don't really give a F. They don't really care. And I was like, that's weird. That's funny. And then the comment underneath, um, I don't know what the fandom is called. I, You know what? Y'all can come for me. Um, don't come for Stitch. Uh, but y'all can come for me. Then their height of credibility, their height of not chasing clout, was Jay Park. Oh, I remember this. Was Jay Park. Okay. And I was like, even funnier, because this is no tea, no shade, honey. But Jay Park is literally on his promo tour collaborating with idols to up his numbers for his latest release. And this has happened more than once, as evidenced by his collapse with IU and the song before that, him again going on a TikTok promo tour doing dance challenges. And I thought, well, that's not a very good example. And the next day, the party happened, and they all showed up, and they were like, ah, yes, the clout chaser chases. And I was like, on Stitch's point... I don't think you understand how the fame works here. These people want to be at this party. It's important for them to be there. J-Hope is famous, famous. Right. Like, I don't understand the concept of clout chasing, accusing BTS of doing it, because BTS is collaborating with Snoop Dogg. BTS has collaborated with Jason Derulo. I guess we have to count him. You know, Wale, Nicki Minaj, you know, like, they have actual... My wife. Sorry, that was literally instinct. <laughs> um, yeah, like, wh- whose clout does BTS need to chase? Like, they are the ones being chased, you know? And and I think about that, like... And then the next day, <laughs> the next day the album came out. And what did Hobie clear? A Wu-Tang Clan sample. If I was like, now, my army pride is always to the roof. My shoulders are so high. I'm looking like gin out here. My shoulders are so wide and so high. But that, <laughs> you can't tell me nothing. Especially in context of this conversation, because Wu-Tang Clan does not clear samples like that at all. No, like, what? The the, the whole thing, like, so I'm scrolling through Hip Hop Playa right now because I wanted to pull up some examples of the comments, right? And oh, I see Snoop Dogg. So by the way, it is super, super weird to me that this Korean hip hop Instagram account primarily, like I would say 40 to 60% of its content involves black people. And I don't mean black people in Korean hip hop. I mean, black people, like regular black people of black people. Um, I'm still scrolling. I think maybe I got lost. Hold on. July 5th. I went back too far. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I went back too far. So Time is fake. I'm bad at this. July 11th. Okay. We're almost there. Maybe? Okay, there's Ma Dong Suk. Well, while they're doing that, I'm going to continue to talk about this because I have a lot of things to say. Uh, 
I think it's just interesting. And by I think it's just interesting, I mean it pisses me off. This idea that at this point, we don't know that BTS is about about it. It's, and then to compare, again, I'm ignorant. So please feel free to um, tell me if I'm wrong. I know you will already. <laughs> that like, I just was like, the people even, first of all, who did you want to be at this party as a source of credibility for BTS in the K hip hop and rap realm that was not there. Like I saw my favorites there. So I was jazzed, but my favorites are relatively like not new to the game, but like relatively recently popular, you know, like Justin's yeah. been here. Kiana's been here. Then they're still popish realm. PH one tiger. JK. Would you like to get angry? The party was the 13th. That feels right. right? That feels right. Hold on. If it was. So it would have been, sorry, the 14th. Yes. Okay. I am not seeing the post that was there. Like, I don't see it. Where'd it go? I I think they deleted the post. Oh, well, well. That an interesting development. Yeah. Um but underneath the underneath the Hip Hop Playa Instagram posts were all of these people who were and this was in Korean that were like swearing at BTS. They were accusing them of uh following after the um following after these rappers and I'm like I understand that rap is seeing a resurgence in Korea and it's becoming a household thing thanks to like show me the money and the street dancer shows right but I will say that I'm pretty sure internationally BTS is more famous than most if not all of the rappers because like I don't know how famous Tiger JK is I have actually not been able to figure that out yeah same. but like I feel like he's really famous but in a stealth way like you're just like wham his fame <laughs> but yeah like so so the comments were really mean there were a lot of people supporting be free um mocking bts and it was just like and so like that could have been why they took it down but also that was the only coverage hip-hop playa did of the album which is something they don't do so like uh so like here you have like news this was um this was uh, this is about the Hwasa Loco song. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a new Hwasa Loco song. Um, I do like that. Um, but they have that, and Hwasa's an idol. You know? Now, okay, Bitter Jaded Army time come out, all right? Because that's the role I get to play. That's the role I get to play before y'all come from me. A lot of yous is just, and not like you specifically, or even your fave, the general royal you is jealous let's be honest let's let's keep it real for the sake of honesty for the sake of authenticity a lot of people are haters because the whole reason that bts got pushback yoongi and namjoon specifically got pushback is because they were good 
they're still there. and they were cute they like that's actually really key to it because uh if you read hanguk hip-hop by um young sun song she translates the the comments that be free made and they were basically like oh well you're wearing makeup you're so pretty you're you a real rapper and it's like sir like two years from your point in time be free will have jaw surgery so but the thing is, is like just the thing is i'm bringing up the fact that be BTS, free and Zeno. the thing that i'm bringing up is like bts were good and that's an important mm. fact to know because the fact that they were good again credibility is lending credibility to this genre that does not get a lot of play and does not generally get a lot of respect from the general population of korea um and so underground becomes a moniker of respect because it becomes a moniker of transgressiveness and becoming an idol is the opposite of being transgressive so the fact that bts and namjoon and yoongi are good undermines their whole operation and there they're wishing so of course they're wishing their downfall they're like, we want you to see that the realness is here. Come validate us and our genre and what we do and how we act and fail out. And if you fail, Jay Park, out, we will welcome you with open arms as a sign that you rejected conformity. And BTS did not do that. Instead, they managed to flip that thing and reverse it all in Missy <laughs> Elliott and get super famous without ever having to lose themselves while also making compromises with what idol and artist and rapper mean. And these bitches are mad. <laughs> uh, I, I think about how um, all of, not all of, because it's only been a handful of idols who have then gone on to be well received by um by korea's hip-hop community and so everybody says g dragon but i actually disagree um as in i don't think he is as highly respected as you would think because he is still very high fashion Mm -hmm. and he he is still he is transgressive but in a way that doesn't that isn't hip hop to them, right? But Zico. Yep. Zico is a really good example of what you have to do yep. to be taken seriously by Korean hip hop. And he's only recently with, I would say from any song to now, um, been able to be less caught up in that hyper masculine um, and that's gonna say performance. I was gonna say, and I was like, the thing that I feel like a lot of K hip hop and R and B fans and artists themselves don't realize is hip hop and rap is equally performative as being an idol. Yep. They are equally performative, which is why you I was like, the reason why J Park is can go from being in 2 p.m. bruh at JYP <laughs> into this kind of as being the ideal um, artist of credibility for th- as the person that was used as an example is because of the hard pivot into K hip hop performing performativity and the f- and like my example that I always use because it's the most egregious one is Mame. 
It's the excessive <laughs> drinking. It's the cultural appropriation. It's the lewdness. It's the it's the flouting in the face of Korea's conservative like ideals, and it's all of, it's being transgressive for the sake of transgressiveness that gets you respected, which is and it's performing and. It's performing this hyper masculinity as a part of that transgressiveness to bolster patriarchy, which is a thing that runs rampant in modern Korean society right now. And I mean, also us, we are clearly, clearly going through it. Oh with yes, the patriarchy. No, I, also us. I don't say this as like Korea is bad. I say this in the context yeah. of like Korean hip hop happens in Korea. So like, what is happening? Right. in korea i don't say this as a like this is only oh yeah this problem. is just so we don't get stomped yes yes yeah everyone um mome mome is really interesting because it's also clearly chris brown cosplay yes <laughs> um, you hear the chris brown song every single time it comes on right like he is visually and vocally chris browning it up and you know i'm kind of like whatever floats your boat little man uh, who is taller than me but whatever um but it's definitely really important to think about like th- the reason the way that jay park has gotten taken seriously in korea is by f- throwing off the idol mm-hmm. cloak and he does that same with zika well different from zika because i think that um jay park is very much like unwilling to do the soft stuff anymore like zico is playful Mm -hmm. like we still have that sense of playfulness with him i don't know that we always get that with jay park no Um, maybe he's trying i would actually say with um the iu song yes um the iu song for sure so maybe he's also having this resurgence i go in and out with my feelings about jay park because um but i did successfully contribute to him changing the dna uh remix video so doing bullying works stop it (laughs) that that is not a sign for you to bully us um about no don't bully us i'm sensitive um i'll cry but yeah so it was just definitely like seeing the the clout chasing comments or like i remember like like oh i think i saw someone that was like oh what was it it was so infuriating um i can't remember but it was like basically trying to act like bts was in some way problematic because hobie invited these rappers to his party and it was like this is not a honey trap this is not a james bond movie like they're capable of saying no the reason that they didn't is because hobie is famous and talented yep like i also think like have an awareness of your artists Mm -hmm. You know, like, like they were also very drunk, um, which is very fun to see the progression (laughs) of the celebrities. This party was real fun. Like, I, I am a little jealous. Like, I kind of, you know, like that's something I would love to be at and cover. You know, there were so many people that I like, um, so many rappers that I don't want to fight. And of course, BTS, who I love deeply, 
you know? And also, Namjoon remains a waste holder. Like, he had everybody panicking because he had his hand, like, he was, like, taking a picture with Gold Buddha, who's a dude, by the way. He's just beautiful. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. Like, I don't know if he can rap. I have to, like, refresh myself. But he's beautiful. Oh. And so everybody was like, oh, I can't believe it. Namjoon with a hottie? But they thought the hottie was like a like girl hottie at first. And then I was like, wait, why do I know this name? <laughs> and it was Gold Buddha. Absolutely a dude. And I was like, I'm still jealous. <laughs> I would like to hug down with Namjoon, talk hip hop, like tear it up and everything. I was so jealous. <laughs> so jealous. Ah. <sighs> That party put us through, just put us through it, and we weren't even there. That's I think. Three no, I think, I think it put pandemonium. us through it. <laughs> straight up pandemonium. I woke up and went to work, and like was it was like ten o'clock. It was like five hours, and I was like, "Damn, I'm not even at this party." And y'all, and I'm like, "Can't y'all go?" <laughs> I think the jokes were like really fun from Army, so we had that joke. Like, like we were not even there. We're like, "Oh, I kind of want to go home though." Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm here doing BTS watch. <laughs> it was and everybody so else fun. keeps showing up. We kept getting people. I think when I saw uh, Hyuna and Dawn, I was like, oh. The only thing that would have made this more perfect for me was if Wanho had been there. Uh, but I feel like he has an early bedtime stop. on purpose. No, no, on purpose. He's <laughs> like, yeah, look. Let me have this. I love my baby. Look, I love my love my ninety two or ninety three liner. Like I said, you I can feel your conspiracy coming out. Um, <gasps> like I said, the first pick I saw was on Instagram and was PH one, whom mm. I love. I know. In a selfie with Hobie, and I about damn near screamed, and then sent it to everybody I knew. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was so much fun, like, seeing who was there. Um, The pictures started dropping. We had some video clips. And and it was just really great to see Hobie. And that's the thing, where, where it was like, see Hobie with his people in quotes, because it's the R&B people I have zero problems with. Um, but my relationship, even though I love K-hip-hop to an extent, is... I could also fight these people, especially for the exclusion towards idol rappers constantly. But I was like, oh, yes, Hobie, Hobie's in his element. Yes. He was just such a social butterfly. And I was like, this is great. And then we kept, you know, we kept seeing the different BTS members and selfies or in the background of videos like Jungkook lying down on the stage. I think I was just so most excited about that when i was like this has something to do with me and how i feel i think the fact that like it matters to hobie to do this in this way especially considering his context and who was getting the smoke i think that like that acknowledgement from that community whether positive or negative which is what hobie is after with this album was important to him and therefore it was important to me and he seemed satisfied so i am satisfied Right, and if he's ever unsatisfied, we can catch. You can catch me outside. Mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky, meet me, meet me in the pit. ASAP Rocky, Correct. okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that the floor where the party was held, like number one, K armies had trended like the 19th floor, I think, yes. because it was popping. All of the floors were dark except the 19th floor. And then the next day, more or less, not the next day literally, but for was it the Busan World Expo yes. ceremony? That was also on the 19th floor. Oh, so, I didn't know that was room by day party room by night somebody recognized the stairs in the in the photos very normal yeah yeah um i also loved that army was trying to find bts like members in yes. those different photos like is that jim what? Is i that think Yungi? it was jim hit, the, hit the ground with the jesse pick and i was like oh the boys are here it's Keith. <laughs> Ah, it was so great. Oh my god. Um, and Yungi, of course, he wasn't feeling well, so he, you know, decided to just my villain self-protect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we got him at Sai's concert, which was great. Um, I kept going, okay, but I knew about this. Why did I know that this was gonna happen? And so I am going to have to go figure that out because either I can tell the future or a translation account that I follow posted like early. I feel like there was like a rumor that it could potentially happen. Cause you did talk about it a few times that you thought that that was the thing that was going to happen. And then it happened. Can we pretend I'm psychic though? Ooh, okay. I like it. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Okay. So let's talk about critical reactions, which I haven't seen too much of because like I said, I avoided most reviews so that I could be fresh. Uh, I have some emotions about that. What else is new? Um, so I have been reading them because I have recently gotten really into reading people's reviews of things. You, I used to be like, whatever, how I feel about it is the only thing that matters, which I mean, that's still important uh, and true. But, <laughs> but I think it's, I think the reason why I brought up the specificity of like which genres or artists or whatever illusions are being made are acknowledged is because when it comes to these critical reviews, that is actually very important because we understand that art is always inspired and direct and derivative of other art pieces. And we just want you to cite your sources. So I think the fact that there's such clear cut genres in this, like you can listen like not just like a sample but like if you can listen to this and be like yeah i know some other artists and some other things to listen to and therefore can compare to and it holds up i think is important um and i think is reflected in the fact that this is like a critically acclaimed album um Mm -hmm. because it's it's not just good to me or good to fans it's just good period in the context of the genres it pulls from, it holds up. And which I'm so happy for Hobie that that is true. It's so great. Okay, so I, I have seen the Metacritic score. Yeah. Uh, it was like 80s. Like, I, I don't remember what it is it's like now. It's 82 but- or something? 89? Something in that range. It, that's very high. Oh, I need to like... That's very high. <laughs> So that's the only thing that like I kept up with. I've been anxiously like pitchfork, don't do it, pitchfork, don't do it because I can't handle a, a harsh pitchfork. Has pitchfork not reviewed it yet? So uh, it's on the list of albums that have come out. Also, we're at eighty-seven. Yes, yes, yes. Um, based on five critic reviews, and I know that there should be a couple dropping 
soon because I know the reviewers. So, um, that's going to be great. Um, but yes, Pitchfork hasn't reviewed it yet. I looked it up uh, and all they had for Jack in the Box was the list of the albums. Ooh. I don't know if they're going to cover it. I know that for various reasons, they don't like to do reviews of things with fans like that. Pitchfork, you're good and bad Pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just shout out to Halsey for accidentally calling for another 9-11 a couple years ago because of how badly Pitchfork handled her I was stuff. like, yeah? <laughs> love, love them. That was so funny. Well, that was the funniest thing ever. But yes, um, I'll be keeping an eye out for that because I do want to see um, if they cover it because I know that you can't you can't um, you can't tell what something like Pitchfork will cover. So we've got Rolling Stone, I think. So Rolling Stone, technically Teen Vogue, Wisha, who's writing for Teen Vogue now. Ah, ah, love it. Uh, Wisha did um, a review for Teen Vogue. Um, Consequences did a review. Yes. I don't know who else. Uh, I feel like I've read all of these, so I feel like I should know. Um, I didn't realize that that Wisha was that Wisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that is her. Wow. Um, a lot of people don't recognize that, which is... We're going to move on. Very- okay, <laughs> but it, I will say it's very funny to me. <laughs> We're going to just move on. No. <laughs> we, will, we will chat. We will chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have to put um, all this out because we gonna get jumped. <laughs> um, I I don't know how to edit things, so no, we'll just move on. <laughs> but yes, and the fandom reaction has been, of course, positive. Like I have not seen anybody be even like the people that I would look at to be like, okay, what is your opinion, person who's been very negative about BTS for three years straight. So not even those people are saying anything about this album that would make us need to have thoughts. Yeah, I think nothing bad has happened kind of artistically, which... Uh, again, I think is a testament to this track listing and the the songs Hobie chose ultimately to go on this album. I think it's avoided that pitfall that many other BTS solo and group works have avoided, where it's like this music is a testament to themselves, and so here's what they're telling us about our about themselves, and therefore we can make conjecture that they had not presented, and almost always that conjecture is. They're miserable. They hate it here. I'm so deep for understanding that they hate this. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think we've avoided that. I, <laughs> We have definitely fallen into some other pitfalls uh, that I think are indicative of this new era that BTS are in. And we can speak about those if we'd like. But I think overall, everyone is very much vibing. The album is so good. It is incredible. And I guess this this leads into our overall thoughts. So, Lala, what were your overall thoughts about Jack in the Box? Uh, Amazing, brilliant, stupendous, never been done before. (laughs) 
Um, I think it's a beautiful body of work. Like, and I mean that in the most like artsy, pretentious way, and the most literal <laughs> way. Like, I everyone, um, everyone who has heard it, and that is a friend of mine. That is not necessarily like an online army or just an army in general. Have been like, wow, that was really amazing and i think it i had to sit with it 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 causes you to sit with it and like i think like all art causes you to think um and it makes you contemplate and i think it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that in a language that most people don't know and i think that speaks to the fact that hobie is so talented if this is his business card i would like to set up a meeting to be in business with him forever it would be my honor i think you're you're proposing to hobie um yeah you know business partners regular partners i am available you can uh, my dms are always open on twitter so hobie at bts twitter you're listening um, I love you and I want to marry you. But I also just think if you don't want to get married, that you're an incredible artist. And this is probably my favorite album that has come out in a while. And it might be my favorite BTS solo work. Mm. 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 Um, on my end, so I'm going to read what I have in my little thing, right? Because I wrote it down. Overall, I give Jack in the Box a 10 out of 10, even the intro, because... I am a Greek mythology gay, so that was great. Um, I think that it's a must-listen if you are into experimental alternative hip-hop that nods back to, like, old-school hip-hop and house music. And it's also, like, super trendy for both U.S. hip-hop and Korean hip-hop. Like, it's hitting both sides of the of the trend market. Um, Jack in the Box is that bitch. And you need to stream. Everybody needs to stream because, oh my god, it's I so good. I stream Jack also, in the Box. Damn it. Also, memes. This who normally does not like things. Like we are not threatening my listeners. This is a threat. Okay, we are apparently threatening my listeners. Great. <laughs> but yes, no stream. Stream Jack in the Box. Buy Jack in the Box. Make your friends, family, buy Jack in the Box. Make your exes enemies arch nemesis if you've memorized the credit card do a little fraud no don't do that that. that's a crime crime. (laughs) i can't threaten them but you encourage them to do federal crimes is it a federal crime i think it is oh (laughs) (laughs) don't do that then um but yes so lala it was lovely talking with you and having you come back to my podcast so i can expect you the next time bts put something out like yeah, period bust down periana yes yay all right it was lovely talking with you and i'm gonna make everybody like love you and follow you oh my god all of the like 30 people who listen to this podcast thanks you can follow me on twitter at ld simmons 12 i've never done that before that was fun 